Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Revelation 5 8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, that is, when Jesus had taken the scroll from the hand of the Heavenly Father who's sitting on the throne of heaven, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, that is, Jesus each having a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And John records that they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then John said, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Tonight we conclude our look at a scene of worship in heaven that John was allowed to see. What an amazing scene it is. Revelation chapter 5 opens with God the Father sitting on the throne of the universe, holding a scroll in His hand. The scroll contains a series of events and judgments that lead to the final installment of God's plan of judgment and redemption. A search was made to find one in heaven who had the authority to approach the Father and take the scroll from His hand and open it and one who had the power to execute God's final plan of judgment and redemption. You might remember that John began to weep when it appeared that no one in the universe could be found who was qualified to open the scroll and commence the end-time events. But there was no need for John to weep, for there was one who is worthy, the one who gave himself as a sacrifice for sin and arose from the dead, he is worthy to take the scroll from the Father's hand, and he has the power to execute the final plan of redemption. And the one who is worthy, his name is Jesus. When Jesus steps forward and takes the scroll from the Father's hand, all in heaven will then know that the time has finally come for God's final act of judgment and redemption. And all in heaven, the angels and the redeemed of mankind, will erupt in worship as is recorded in Revelation chapter 5. And so Jesus steps forward. He takes the scroll, signifying that the end-time events are about to proceed, and the plan and the purpose of God for all of creation is about to be brought forth. And when Jesus steps forward and he takes that scroll from the hand of the Father, worship erupts in heaven. In this passage, 
we look at three songs that are sung in this time of worship when Jesus steps forward to take that scroll from the hand of the Father. John records the song of the saved, the saved of heaven, erupts in worship and in a song as Jesus steps forward to take the scroll from the hand of the Father. John also records the song of the angels. Not only do the saved erupt in worship, but the angels erupt in worship as well. And a great chorus, innumerable number of angels step forward to sing a song of praise to the Father as Jesus take that, takes that scroll from the hand of the Father. And then John records something remarkable. Creation. Creation is given a voice. The material universe is given a voice. And all of creation erupts in a song of praise when Jesus steps forward and takes that scroll from the hand of the Father. And the final purposes and plan of God is about to be accomplished by the one who is worthy. And his name is Jesus. Tonight we want to take a look at these three songs that are recorded in Revelation, the final verses of Revelation chapter 5. First of all, I want us to see once again the song of the saved. Listen again to Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Now when he, that is Jesus, had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they, the 24 elders, representing all of the saved in heaven. They, all of the saved, sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So when Jesus takes the scroll from the Father, the 24 elders who represent the saved of heaven in heaven will break out in what John calls a new song. Now, there's nothing wrong with the old songs. Personally, I love the old songs and the old hymns. There will be many times when I will take an old hymn book and I will just scroll through the pages looking at those old hymns those great hymns, those songs that were penned by great believers of the past, which bring honor and glory to God in such beautiful ways, in such unique ways. Those old hymns and those old songs that are filled with scriptural references, beautifully put together to lift up praise to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the old songs. And I love the old hymns. In fact, I love it when we sing them in our churches. But also, there's nothing wrong with the new songs. I love the old songs, but there's nothing wrong with the new songs either. In fact, as recorded in this passage, there will even be new songs in heaven. Now, what is a new song? You know, we shouldn't be afraid of the new. I love the old, but I also love the new. In fact, I love good old Southern gospel, 
And I love contemporary Christian music as well. I love music, beautiful music, that will honor, bring honor and praise and glory to the Father. Don't be afraid of the new songs because the Bible records that there are new songs even in heaven. Now, what is a new song? In the Bible, a new song is a song that celebrates God's salvation and deliverance. A new song in the Bible is described and defined as a song that celebrates God's salvation and deliverance. Even the Old Testament talked about the new songs. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. The psalmist wrote, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, the psalmist says. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear it and will trust in the Lord. In Psalm 96, verses 1 through 3, this passage also speaks of a new song. Here's what the psalmist wrote in that place. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all the peoples. Amazing Grace is an old song. Amazing Grace was written, written well over 200 years ago. But Amazing Grace is also a new song because it celebrates God's saving grace. Every time we sing Amazing Grace or any song like that, we celebrate afresh and anew God's saving grace and God's power in our life. And so a new song can be an old song, but a new song is a song that celebrates God's saving grace and his deliverance in our life. When Jesus takes the scroll from the hand of the Father, and when the saved in heaven realize that the final act of God's plan of salvation for the universe is about to take place. When the saved see Jesus take that scroll from the hand of the Father, the Bible says they will break out in a new song, a song of praise to God for his salvation and deliverance. Now, there are four stanzas to this new song of salvation that the, the saved in heaven will break out in when Jesus takes the scroll from the hand of the Father. The theme of this song, of course, is Jesus. John records four stanzas of this new song. The first stanza celebrates the sacrificial death of Jesus on behalf of sinners, which makes him worthy to take the scroll. The second stanza of this new song celebrates the universal reach of the salvation that Jesus has provided. Jesus has provided salvation for every ethnic group, every language group, every race, 
and every culture. And so the second stanza of this new song celebrates the universal reach of salvation. Jesus has died for all people, everywhere. He has provided the possibility of salvation for anyone, anywhere, who will repent, and trust, and believe in him. The third stanza of this new song that will be sung by the saved celebrates the elevation that believers have in Jesus. Jesus saves us. He redeems us. He makes us his child. And then the Bible says in this new song that Jesus takes us and he makes us kings and priests of our God. Imagine going from a lost sinner separated from God to being a king and a priest in the service of God. The elevation of believers is celebrated in the the third stanza of this new song. The fourth stanza celebrates the fact that believers will reign with Jesus during his millennial reign on earth, and believers will reign with Jesus throughout all of eternity. And so when Jesus steps forward and he takes the scroll from the hand of the Father, all of the saved in heaven erupt in worship and they sing a new song, a new song that brings honor and glory to God for his salvation, his grace, and his deliverance. And so when the the saved sing their song, well, then the angels step forward and the angels sing their song. That song is recorded in Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. John heard another group begin to praise Jesus when he took the scroll from the Father's hand. Here's the song of the angels that John hears. Then I looked, John said, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them, the number of the angels, was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now, the word thousand is the word myriad. It represents a number that cannot be numbered. It represents something that is innumerable, something that is so great and vast that you can't number it. John said, when Jesus takes the scroll from the hand of the Father, the saved will sing and the angels will sing, this mighty chorus of an innumerable number of angels will step forward and they will sing as well. And here's their song. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. John looked around and he saw a chorus of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels, too many to count. They began to sing in unison with a loud voice. The angels praised Jesus. They praised Jesus because of his sacrificial death. They praised Jesus because of his absolute perfections. They praised Jesus because he alone is worthy of all honor, glory, Blessing and praise. Oh, my goodness. 
when Jesus steps forward and he takes that scroll from the hand of the Father. And when it's realized that Jesus is about to accomplish the final plan and the purpose of God, that the end-time events are about to begin, that will culminate with the return of Christ and the establishment of a millennial reign on a rejuvenated earth and eventually a new heaven and a new earth. The saved erupted worship, so do the angels. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that scene is going to be like when all of this worship is going on before the throne of God? By the way, if you're not really keen on worship, on earth, if you're not really a person of worship, personal worship, corporate worship, and you think you're going to heaven, I don't know. <laughs> worship, there's worship in heaven. If you don't want to worship the Lord on earth, do you really think you have a home in heaven where there will be worship of our God continually? Personally, I love to worship. I love to worship personally, coming before the Lord. And I love to worship corporately, coming together with my brothers and sisters in the Lord, in the sanctuary where we can come together and sing our songs of faith and worship the Lord. And so John hears the song of the saved. He hears the song of the angels. But that's not all. Something amazing happens in the final verse of, uh, verses of Revelation chapter 5. On occasions, the Bible will personify creation. In other words, on occasions, the Bible gives creation a voice, gives God's creative work a voice. And the Bible says, that God's creation, in fact, longs for the day when it will be freed from the curse of sin. Listen to these verses from Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 22. Listen to what Paul wrote. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, creation eagerly awaits for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Inanimate creation is given a voice, feeling, emotions personified. Paul says creation can't wait for the redemption of mankind because, you see, when man failed, creation failed. Creation wants to go back to what it was before the fall. That can't happen until the final redemption of mankind. Paul continues, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Paul continues, for we know that the whole creation groans. Creation is groaning. Creation is laboring with birth pains together until now. Paul says creation wants to be what it was before the fall, but creation knows it can't be that. 
until the redemption of mankind. And so creation is given a voice. Creation is personified. Here's what John records, amazingly, in Revelation chapter 5. When Jesus steps forward and he takes the scroll from the hand of the Father, which signifies that Jesus is about to accomplish the final purposes of God for all of the plans and the purposes of God for creation. Creation is given a voice. <laughs> then creation joins the elders and the angels in worship. Revelation 5.13, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard them saying, John said, I hear the voice of creation saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Endless blessing, endless honor, endless praise, endless glory, Endless worship belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who is about to free fallen creation from the curse of sin. In response to this glorious worship, the four living creatures keep repeating and the four living creatures representing the, uh, the angels, the angelic beings of heaven. They're over in the corner. And in response to this glorious worship, the four living creatures keep repeating, Amen, 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 <laughs> and Amen. And the 24 elders fall down once again, and they worship the Lord. Oh, my friend, this is not a myth. This is not some pie-in-the-sky kind of thing that will never happen. What we have looked at tonight is just as true as John 3, 16. If you can accept Genesis 1, 1, you can accept everything there is in the Bible as being literally true. Now, there are symbolism, symbolism in the Bible, of course, that speak and point to literal things that will happen. Oh, there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day. And the one who is worthy will step forth and take from the hand of the Father that scroll which represents the final events of what is going to happen as God concludes his purposes and plans for creation. And when Jesus steps forward and take that scroll, the saved in heaven are going to erupt in a new song. The angels in heaven will erupt in a great song of worship and even creation will sing a song of praise to the Creator, thanking God that the time has finally come for creation to be returned to what it was before the fall and eventually a new heaven and a new earth, a great creation never marred by sin and the scars of sin. Now, when a person is saved, they are born again with a desire to worship the God who has saved them. The person who has no desire to worship God, the God who has saved them, 
is a person who's not been saved. You see, when we're born again, God does some things in us. He changes our spiritual DNA. He changes who we are. And he implants things. Things become true in our life that had never been true before. And when God saves a person, he saves them with a desire to worship him. The person who has no desire to worship God is a person who's never been saved. If the Lord has saved your soul, he will put a new song in your mouth, a song of praise to God, and you will find yourself often praising God and worshiping him. Now, Satan hates it when God's people worship him in spirit and in truth. Satan will do all that he can to try to distract believers from worship. But the Lord who has saved us is worthy of worship. The Lord who has saved us, the Lord who is our God and our Redeemer, the Lord who has saved us is worthy of all honor and glory and praise, and he should receive that from us each and every day. Let me close with this. What do you believe Jesus is worthy of? Is Jesus worthy of your love? Is Jesus worthy of your love? Is Jesus worthy of your time? Is Jesus worthy of your tithe? Is Jesus worthy of a dime out of every dollar that he gives you and enables you and allows you to have? Is Jesus worthy of the best service and the best worship that we can give him? Is Jesus worthy of our life and our all? What is Jesus worthy of from you in your life? There's a hymn we sing sometimes that has this line in it that I think answers the question, what is Jesus worthy of? And the line of that song goes like this. Love so amazing and so divine demands my life, my soul, and my all. What is Jesus worthy of? He's worthy of everything, all that we are and all that we can do. Worship is the recognition of the worthship of Jesus. That's why we call it worship. Worthy is the Lamb. The redeemed in heaven are singing, worthy is the Lamb. Have you been redeemed? No person can go to heaven without being redeemed by the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, who gave himself to make our salvation possible. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truth For Life with pastor-teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.